you're doing this morning? Hello. Merry Christmas, everybody. How many got some presents already? Thank you, worship team. Thank you for my beautiful wife, Kate. An amazing job. This is my wife. Okay, let's put it together for our team. They've just done an amazing job this morning. And just want to honour Tavani and Moira, uh, just, just the amazing work that you guys have done over this year, and, um, and just what you did in the park, just what you put on there, just to bless the nation of Samoa. Just amazing. You guys did an amazing job. Really, really proud of you. Just outstanding. And how about that men's choir last week? Ooh. By golly. That was just fantastic. How many people want to see them again? What an outstanding job. I really want to thank everyone that contributed to last week, uh, just putting on an amazing, just an expression, and that's what church is all about, multiple expressions, not just one. And just, just the talent and just the anointing, and just the, just, it was just amazing, really, really good. And my amazing wife, Kate, preached a wonderful message. And uh, we also want to thank those that stayed behind afterwards to clear it up. And for many of those people that were up here on the stage, many of them stayed behind after everyone left and cleaned up, put everything back together. And there are other people here today, I know, that people have got busy lifestyles, they've got businesses to run, uh, they've got families, but yet they stayed behind and helped clean up. Uh, so I really want to thank you and honour you for uh, putting your love uh, into the house this morning. Come on, let's put it together. I want to just share something with this morning that I felt God has placed in my heart. And uh, it's Christmas and uh, Christmas message. So here we go. And Merry Christmas, everybody. How many people are going away? Are you going to have a holiday or something? Some have gone already. Some have taken off. I bet you some of you are just plastered Kmart. <laughs> I just want to get into it this morning, but the, the core message of, uh, uh, that surrounds Christmas essentially uh, two things. One, Jesus is born, and two, hope to all mankind and peace and joy and all those things. I mean, if you ask people what Christmas was about, that's how little baby Jesus was born. And, or they're maybe not even aware of that. The other thing they would say is peace and joy to all mankind. And it's very, very easy to say it uh, um, just off the top of your head. For, for many times we, uh, we lose the true meaning of what it's about. And this morning I want to bring to you, I want to just uh, bring to you a message on uh, what is actually Christmas about. And uh, it's actually a message that Jesus preached himself. And uh, just, I just want to put a, a fact right this morning. And for many people, uh, they believe that the 25th of December is the day that Christmas was, uh, that Jesus was born. Let me tell you, that is not correct. That is not correct. But nonetheless, we celebrate Christmas. The thing about the 25th isn't the actual birth date of Jesus, but rather it was a date that was chosen by a group of bishops, largely for political reasons. Interestingly, we, we don't find any really record of, of the actual date of Jesus' birth uh, throughout the scripture. And there's a, I, I believe there's a reason behind that, which I'm not going to get into right now. But the real reason is, is the real date is actually not the 25th of December. However, it is one of the dates that was chosen largely for political reasons. No one knows the date, but however, we do celebrate, and I do believe it is right that we, one, celebrate the birth of Christ and also celebrate the birth of people. One of the things that for many people around the world today, they don't really celebrate or value the true meaning of life. And uh, that's why we, we love to celebrate people's birthdays here, because life is a precious gift. 
Your life is a precious gift. It's, uh, that's a whole message in itself, but it's important that we do celebrate and honor people's lives. And saying that, there was a celebration on about the 25th of December in our, in our calendar time. And this is the celebration that I want to bring to you today uh, because I believe in it carries the message of, the, of Christmas. It was a celebration that Jesus himself uh, knew of, not only did he know about, but he actively participated in. But more than just participated in, he actually used this particular date, this particular celebration, to bring one of his most powerful messages ever that he could ever preach in, in that time. In fact, it was so powerful that it really got some people upset and they were, about to, they were ready to stone him. So Jesus, there was... When you, think, when you see what Jesus does, when you see what's written in the Scripture, Jesus never did things randomly. He never did things randomly. He always, there was always a purpose. There was always a reason why he did things at certain times. So whenever Jesus just, whenever he preached a message, he, he, there was always a reason, there was a time, and there was a place behind that. And this particular message that Jesus preached was not, just chosen at random, and I'm going to preach. I'll, I'll share the second part of it probably next week. But the message that he preached in that message itself lies the message of Christmas. And uh, so let's open up the scripture this morning. They, the the celebration that people were uh, celebrating at that time was the, was Hanukkah. It's not one of the the feasts of the script of the of the of the. Of the Bible, but nonetheless, it was a feast that Jesus was celebrating. And it was celebrated at the time, it was about the cleansing and the rededication of the temple. And so, he used this particular time to preach, like I said, his most powerful message. If you've got your Bibles with you, if you don't, we've got one up on the screen. But let's open up the scripture to John chapter 10, and you'll find this is the message that Jesus preached on this day, on about the 25th of December. So from verse 1, he, he starts to talk about, uh, I'm not going to go open it up, but he talks about being the, uh, about, the, about the person who sneaks over the wall and enters, enters into the sheep pen. And so in verse 6, Jesus told the Pharisees this parable, even though they didn't understand a word of what he meant. I love how Jesus got into people's minds and messed them up a little bit. He told them a story knowing full well that they weren't going to understand what he was going to talk about in the first place. So the question is, why was he saying it? If they knew that they weren't going to understand it, why then did he say it in the first place? Because he wanted to rock their world. He wanted to shake their beliefs. He wanted to disrupt everything that they, they thought about God. Interesting, the celebration or, or this time of Hanukkah, it was also a very sensitive time. It was a, a time where the temple was being rededicated from where it had been violated. And so for Jesus to say such a powerful message at such a sensitive time, knowing very well, you can see why so many people got upset with him. Jesus, yes, he was a man of peace, but he also came to rock the world. He also came to rock the boat. And this is one of these moments where he came to rock the world. And so he goes, and so Jesus told the Pharisees this parable, even though they didn't understand a word of what he meant again. And so in verse 7, it says, so Jesus said it again. It just used different language. This is where I want to open up. I speak to you in eternal truth. I am the gate for the flock. I'm reading out of the passage uh, the Passion Translation. All those who broke him before me are thieves. You look at what Jesus is saying. He's, 
He's saying the truth, but he's saying something indirectly to, to, to religious leaders. In other words, he's basically telling them, actually, you're the ones that have broken in before me and become false shepherds. So Jesus is dismantling religion right then and there in the spot. He's starting to pretty well line them up. <laughs> All those who have broken in before me are thieves who have come to steal, but the sheep never listen to them. And interesting who people listen to and who they don't who they follow and who they don't. And, uh, and this is where Jesus, he says in verse nine, I am the gateway to enter through me is to experience life, freedom and satisfaction. A thief only has one thing in mind that he wants to steal, slaughter and destroy. But I have come, everyone say Jesus has come, that you may have life and life in abundance. Life and life in abundance. In the Passion Translation, it says, more than you can expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. And, you, and then he goes on to say, he makes a statement, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd who lays down my life as a sacrifice for the sheep. But the worker who serves only for wages is not a real shepherd because he has no heart for the sheep. He will run away and abandon them when he sees the wolf coming. And when the wolf mauls the sheep and drags them off and scatters them. And again, he says, I alone am the good shepherd, and I know those hearts are, whose hearts are mine, for they recognize me and know me, just as my father knows my heart, and I know my father's heart. I am ready to give my life for the sheep. Then he goes to say in verse 17, the father has an intense love for me, because I freely give up my own life to raise it up again. I surrender my own life, and no one has that power to take my life from me. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the power to pick it back up again. This is the destiny that my Father has set before me. And then it gets interesting, it says here that the t this teaching set off another heated controversy amongst the religious leaders. Many of them said, this guy's a lunatic, he's demon-possessed, and all these other bunch of other things. But then there were others who said, weren't so sure, his teaching is full of insight. These are not the ravings of a madman. How could a demonized man give sight to the blind? And the time was to observe the winter feast of, of renewal in Jerusalem. So this was the time that Jesus is talking about, and this is the time that Jesus is giving this message. In the last part, in verse 29, he says, My Father who has given these things to me, given them to me, is the mightiest of all, and no one has the power to snatch them from my Father's care. The Father and I are one. And when they said this, when he heard this, they were already hacked off. They were picked up stones and ready to stone them to death. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Jesus about to get stoned on Christmas. He, uh, you got to, under, I mean, there's a, it's, it's quite a long piece of scripture, but yeah, I just want to pick out three elements of, of the scripture. And the reason why it is so powerful, and the reason why it applies to Christmas, on this day, and this piece of scripture, at this moment, at this point of time, on this place, it was here that Jesus essentially decreed, decreed three things. One, he declared who he is. For many people, they thought he was a prophet. Many people thought he was a good teacher. But on this particular day, this was the day that Jesus himself decreed that I am the son of God. And you can tell, and that was the reason why it hacked the religious leaders off so much at that time. 
Prior to that, he talked about he was anointed of the Holy Spirit. But at this particular time, he decreed who he was. And in the latter part of that scripture, he said that the Father and I are one. In other words, the message he was saying that I am, my, I am in my Father and we are one. In other words, I am the Son of God. Jesus told this, chose this day to decree who he was. The second thing he did was to, was to declare what he was. Who he was, he was the Son of God. The other thing it says in the scripture here, that he was the good shepherd. Somebody say the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd. From prior to that, people that had a knowledge or distant knowledge of God. There are people that read about God in the scripture. They'd heard about God in the church. But this particular occasion, in this particular moment, Jesus decrees who he is and what he is. He says here, I am the good shepherd. The third thing he said was, and why he has come. So just go over those again. On this particular day, and this is the message of Christmas, who Jesus Christ is, what he is, and why he has come. And when we capture those three elements, we really and truly do capture the message of Christmas. First thing he says, that he is the Son of God manifest in earth. Not just read about in scriptures, remote and distant, See, religion is about remoteness, religion is remote and distant. But Jesus gave them stick about it, and they're about to stone him. So the thing about Jesus coming into the earth was to make known what God is truly like. So not that we would just read about him, hear about him, but that we could experience him. So Jesus came, when Jesus came, he didn't spend the whole of his time in the temple, he spent, a ho- he spent some of his time there. But most of his time, Jesus himself, the manifest Son of God in this earth, came to live and to dwell among people. He came to live amongst people's lives. He came to bring people into an experience with what God is like. So for many people, many people today, they have really either, either don't believe that God exists or believe that God is way, way up there somewhere or believe that God is just a, an ancient figure in, in the Bible. Jesus came to dispel all of those myths. He came to walk amongst us. He came to, uh, the Bible says that he was a friend of sinners. He walked with them. He got involved in their life. He was a friend of sinners, and he still is. He was a friend of people whose lives have failed. He was a friend of any person that would receive him. What does it mean to be a friend? A friend is somebody that's actively engaged in your life. Here was God manifest in the flesh, going to people's houses and having a kai with them. Believing in them, walking walking with them, talking to them about what they're experiencing in life. That's That's what God is like. He's not distant and remote. His heart is that he would still walk amongst us and and, and, and engage in people's lives, hear what's on people's hearts, help people discover their dreams, help people discover purpose, to put his hands on people's lives, to have an alcoholic wine or somebody with them. It's just, I'm just messing with it. (laughs) That was the heart, and that's always been the heart of God, is to commune and to walk with an intimate relationship with people. Religion is remote. Christianity is a relationship. He formed relationship with with people, dwelt amongst us. He was and still is a friend of sinners and broken people. Friend, if you may be here and your your life might be broken, 
Friend, Jesus, that's the reason Jesus came was to get inside of your life and to, to help you. The, the second thing he says there, that he is the true and the good shepherd. He's a shepherd to people. He's not somebody that's, he's not a, he's not angry with you that way, not at all. This is where Jesus himself decrees, I'm a good shepherd. I laid my life down for my sheep. My, I, I, I'm here for people. I'm here for you. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to get involved in your life. I'm here to give you direction. I'm here to, to nourish you. I'm here to give you life. Jesus, David himself discovered that in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Interesting, when I started to read this, see, David was fully satisfied before he became king. David was fully satisfied with Christ, the Lord being his shepherd, before he became king. At his high point, he was already satisfied. At his low point, he was already satisfied. There is something about the Lord being our shepherd that gives us an eternal life, that gives us a life that supersedes far greater than our current circumstances. When we have the Lord as our shepherd, when we have a relationship with the Lord, he gives us a life. He gives us to strength that is far greater. It's far more fun. It's far more fulfilling than the life that the world can offer. You see people in the Bible. You see people in scriptures. David's life was satisfied. He didn't need his life to be up here. He didn't need to be the king of the world to be fully satisfied. You look at Paul. You look at other people in the Bible. Even when they're at the lowest point, they were full, full, still fully satisfied. They still had a life inside of them that was overflowing regardless of their circumstance. Whether if their circumstance was high, they were still overflowing, but it wasn't because of their circumstance. If their circumstance was low and in the darkest hour, they were still overflowing with joy. Why? Because they tapped into a, a, a life that could only come from God. And that, friend, that is the message of Christmas. The message of Christmas is not going to Kmart and buying stuff that you don't need and are going to forget about in the next in the next week. That is not the message of Christmas. Sorry, Kate. I know you like going there. So he came and he told us, he said who he is, what he is, and what he's come to do. The message that Jesus Christ came to do, the Bible says, was to bring life and to bring life in abundance. In other words, he didn't come just to give you Presence. I mean, there's gifts that come from God. But the greatest gift of Christmas, the greatest gift that God could give and that we could give is the gift of relationship. In that lies eternal life. Many of you will buy things that will, you'll forget about in the next week. You'll, some won't even make it past the week before they're broken. or they're lost or stolen or something like that. But I want to tell you right now, from my own personal experience, the most memorable gifts or the most memorable treasure that I have is the, is, is the gift of relationship. And that is what makes life meaningful. In there lies the message of Christmas. Because you'll see a lot of people, they'll spend a whole bunch of money either buying a whole pile of booze or buying a whole bunch of stuff they don't really need anyway and completely miss out when it comes to 
around the table when it comes to genuine relationship, it's not there. Jesus came to give us eternal life and life in abundance. Let me talk about eternal life. Because for many, for many people, their idea of eternal life is life that you enter into once you die. For many of us, when we think of eternal life, that's the life that we think of. But eternal life, there is a truth to that. We, we will enter into our life when we die. However, eternal life is not just confined to, the, to life outside our natural body. Eternal life is a life that you can enter into and walk in now. Eternal life is a life that can only come through relationship with Jesus Christ. See, God is eternal. He is a spirit being. And because we can have relationship, when we have relationship with him, we can access an eternal life, and it's that life which is the meaning of Christmas. Sure, Jesus came as a baby, but the whole point that he came was to one, decree who he was, two, decree what he was, and also bring the eternal life. He came to bring us relationship, and relationship is the best treasure that any one of us could ever have and cultivate on, this, on, on Christmas. Eternal life is not just life that we enter when we physically die, but it's one that we can enter and live in today. Jesus came to give us an experience of the life of God. He came, that was the reason he came, to destroy the works of the devil, but to show us and give us an experience of life, not just tell us about this life one day, but to demonstrate it. So when Jesus is walking amongst us, he, is, he was walking amongst the people at that time. He was expressing the life of God when he found the woman in sin. He, he said, I don't condemn you. Amanda, that's, that girl's Christmas came that day. She was about to be stoned, and there were Jesus gave her life. He set her free from condemnation. That was Christmas right there for her. That was eternal life. Whenever Jesus touched people, for that man that had leprosy, he was unclean. No one wants to touch him. No one wanted to get near him. But Jesus reached out his hand and touched him, not afraid, full of compassion. That is re releasing eternal life into somebody's, into somebody's being. See, it was the way Jesus interacted, not necessarily the, the messages that he preached. I mean, his messages were, were powerful. But it's the way that he interacted, the way that he got involved in people's lives, the way that he talked with people, the way that he, 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 he brought people hope, the way that he, he invited his heart for people to come and to connect. That's the message of Christmas. The message of Christmas is not just about giving presents one to another. The message of Christmas is about bringing hope. It's about, intimate, it's about opening up your heart. It's about sharing your life with people around you. It can, so how do we experience this eternal life? I want to tell you, eternal life. I was just thinking about it as I slept last night. What does it mean to walk in eternal life? How can I put words to describe what that even feels like? And it's hard. I mean, I, there were so many words. There were so many feelings. There were so many, uh, so many expressions to what it feels like, to what it, what it is to walk in eternal life. Like I said before, eternal life is, is a greater life than the life that comes from experiences. You think having a few beers with the boys around a, around a barbecue is a great time. There's nothing compared to the eternal life of walking a relationship with Jesus. You think... Having a good time in the world is a, you know, people go and get drunk at this time of the year and 
can't remember what they did the night before and think they had a great time. Eh. That's not eternal life. Friend, the, the eternal life that I know, yeah, really happy. It, it, it's, it, 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 again, it's so hard to describe it. I mean, no, no words could even fully describe what eternal life has looked like. I mean, it would mean something different for every one of you. For some of you, you were addicted. You were addicted. For some of you, you were broken. Some of you, you were abused. But now you've found a sense of life that cannot compare to that life that you have. That's an experience of eternal life. See, friend, everyone has their own testimony of what that is like. Let me unpack a little bit about what it is. Eternal life, it can be experienced by surrendering your heart to the love and the grace of God by faith. That's how you experience it. We are his family. We carry his water in us. So let Christmas remind us of that. That one, who he is, that he is a good shepherd and that he came to enter into a relationship with us. In John chapter 17, verse 1 to 3, Jesus said this, eternal life is to, what is it? here Jesus talks about what eternal life is. John chapter 17, verse 1 to 3, we'll just look at it in verse 3. Eternal life is to know and experience you. Eternal life is to know and experience the Father. He says again, and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the Son of God. See, eternal life is something that you can know and that you can experience now. You don't just have to experience on Christmas Day. You can experience it 24-7. Wherever you are, whatever circumstances going on around you, when you put your faith when you are, put your trust in the loving Father. You will experience a joy. You can experience a peace that will transcend everything else that's going on around you. So what does eternal life look like? What does it feel like on earth? To know that a heart, that there's a God that loves you unconditionally. Unconditionally, he loves you. He's not remote. He's closer to you than you ever think. And he loves you regardless of what you're experiencing, whatever you're going through. It's a home that welcomes you regardless. This is what church is about. We are the body of Christ. We are, this place is called to bring people, to give people an experience of eternal life. For some people, their experience of eternal life is to be able to walk into this house and know that you're loved regardless of what you've done and where you've come from. Do you remember that time? You remember that time when you wandered into this place? Your life was broken and somebody reached out and loved you and said, welcome home. How did that make you feel? That's eternal life right there. How about when somebody opened up their home to you and took you in for a meal and regardless of what you looked like, smelt like, going through, whatever, and said, come and have a kai. How did that make you feel? That's eternal life right there. When somebody believed in you, even though that you had failed and mucked up, when somebody gave you a second chance, a third chance, I think, Pat, you probably gave me half a dozen or a dozen chances. <laughs> that's, that's, eternal, that's a touch of an eternal life right there. 
when you feel the, the peace, when you feel the joy, when you just can't stop laughing because of you've been saved, because of you can just experience his love, that's a touch of eternal joy right there. You can laugh and you can have a good time and not get drunk. A family that believes in you and sees what God has placed inside of you, regardless of what your previous track record has been like. That's an experience of eternal life. Eternal life looks through a person's failures and sees what God has placed in their heart and says, you can do that. Even though, where's David? You're up there singing before. Yeah, I was just looking at you. God sees what's in your heart. God sees what's in your heart. One day, just as I was up there before, you know, one day many people will know your name. One day, I, I know I saw it on a Facebook post, but yes, you will write songs. And you will write songs, you will sing that will bring hope to many people. Out of your voice will flow uh, out of eternal life. And you will write records, you will write music. I want to encourage you. There is a life that God has given you, and as you start to sing, you will bring hope to many people. Other people may have rejected you, but those people that rejected you will one day look at you and say, well, that was a mistake, wasn't it? (laughs) Friend, that's what Christmas is really about. Not just a bunch of stuff from Kmart, but it's about a relational experience. How about, just just as I was closing, I was was reading uh, what the scholar once said. The rituals of a society reveal that society's values at the deepest level. In other words, the things that we do over this time, the things that we do, the rituals that we're involved in, the rituals or the the habits that we do, when it comes down to Christmas, you see lots of people start to do the ritual of putting up a tree, the, the ritual of going shopping, the ritual of doing... A society's rituals, the things or the habits that we do at times and, and locations and, and seasons in our life, reveal that society's values at the deepest level. In other words, it reflects what's truly in people's hearts. You see a lot of people today, the meaning of Christmas is largely about consumerism, about spending things, spending money, buying gifts, shopping at Kmart, and completely missing out that actually Christmas, the whole purpose of Christmas, the whole purpose of even Jesus saying this message was about you and I experiencing an eternal life now. It's about celebrating the fact that Jesus Christ came, God stepped out of heaven, dwelt amongst us, not remotely, but he's a good shepherd and he came to give us life and life in abundance. When we start to acknowledge and start to rest in that, you can start to experience the life of God flowing out and touching us. How about making this Christmas a time where we one, turn our hearts to Christ, where we choose to receive and walk in the eternal life that God offers, and that we share that life around us. How about, instead of spending a whole pile of money buying things that people don't really need and going to forget about anyway, how about over this Christmas period, let's make a, a decision to create experiences instead. Create experiences. Make a decision to open up your heart. Not just open up your finances, not just to spend a whole pile of money. But how about using this time of Christmas to create 
experiences where you could share life. How about opening up your heart? How about opening up your voice? One of the things that we could do over this Christmas period as we get together in various places was to speak words of life. It's not going to cost you any money. But what you could do, and this is one way that you could experience eternal life, is as you sit around the table, that you take a moment to encourage one another. Why don't you use words like talking to people about how much they mean, how much you value their relationship. How much would that, what would that do to a person's heart? Because often we find, I found this, that often in today's society, and especially around Christmas, it's one of the things that we do in birthdays, isn't that right? When it comes to birthday celebration, what we do is we take a moment just to go around the table and to, to talk and to speak words about what this person means to us. That's about creating experiences. That's about giving people an experience of eternal life. Because when you speak encouragement, when you speak words of affirmation, when you speak words of love, what you are doing is you're bringing heaven into somebody's heart. When you create an experience to share time together, you'll create a moment that people won't forget. I can tell you now, I've forgotten most presents that I've got over the years, but I can remember most of the experiences that were created. I just saved you a whole pile of money right there. <laughs> what could you do over this Christmas period? What kind of words could you say? Sometimes it can be a little bit awkward, but why don't you start with something? Why don't you start with something? Just words of encouragement. That's what it means to bring heaven to earth. People need encouragement. People need to know that they're of value. People need, that's what a good shepherd does. A good shepherd is not here to exploit people. A good shepherd is here to help people, to help people to grow, to love people. So why don't we over this Christmas period make a decision to speak and create experiences, create time to, to share life, create time to share your heart one with another, laugh together, cry together. You don't need alcohol to do it. Encourage people, talk to one another, share your heart, create a moment, open your home to somebody that's not usually in your home. Create an experience for somebody that's not usually part of your social group. Invite them into your space. In doing so, you bring a touch of heaven into earth. When you do something like that, what it does, it, I believe it does this. I believe that it puts something of God in people's heart. And that there is the heart of God, to engage with people, to not be remote, not just stay Facebook church or anything like that, but to engage in people's lives, to, to walk with them in their good times, walk with them in their hard times, to open up our table, to open up our home, to open up our time, to take them for a ride in your boat, to do whatever. And you'll find that over this Christmas period, this is what we're going to do. This is why we're doing family fun days, is because we want to create experiences for people to enter into, into, into and share one another's world. You're welcome. And if you're here today, this is your first time or second time in this church, you are welcome. And I pray that today, that this would be a time that one, that you would recognize that God is a loving Father who loves you, He is interested in your life. And two, that you would know Him as a good shepherd, not as somebody that wants to punish you for all your sins. No, 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 not like that. No, He loves you, regardless of what's happened.
Even if you're still experiencing failure now, He is still wanting to be close to you. That's how much He loves you. And it's a time where we can experience the eternal life of Christ. Life and life in the fullest. Amen? This could be a day that you could open up your heart and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Why don't we just close our eyes and bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness to us today. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your, your presence into this place. Thank you, Jesus, that you stepped out of heaven and that you walked amongst us, that you came as the good shepherd and that you are still the good shepherd. Thank you, Lord, for sending your Holy Spirit to comfort us, to be involved in our life. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit that is in this place today, that your spirit is in our hearts. Thank you, Jesus, for the eternal life that is found by putting our faith and putting our trust in you. Father, I pray that over this time that every home here, every life would experience your presence, that would experience a life that is far, far more powerful than the natural life that we live. Lord, I pray that today, every home here today would experience your, your joy, would experience your peace, that would experience your love, that would experience your hope. I thank you, Lord, that this is the message of Christmas, that you came to give life and life in abundance. I pray today, Lord, that your hand of blessing would remain strong over every home today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, yeah. come on, all God's people said, all right, let's stand and sing this morning. morning is there somebody here that you've never received Jesus into your heart that you've never invited him to be the shepherd of your life friend everyone needs a shepherd for many people their lives are spent wandering around with no purpose or no identity they don't know who they are and why they're even here but with Jesus Christ as the shepherd, He fully satisfies the desires of your heart. He fully satisfies the void inside of your heart. No amount of money, no amount of alcohol, no amount of anything from the world can fill that void except Jesus Christ. Friend, we all need a shepherd. 
Like I said, David, before he came king, was fully satisfied in his life because he placed his life in the hands of, of his heavenly Father. You may be here and you've never done that. You're aimlessly wandering in life. Today could be a good day where you could make a decision. Say, in your heart, I've been wandering my life for too long. Got no real sense of identity, no sense of purpose for my life. In fact, I've just, I know there's a void inside of my life, but I want that life, to, I want that void to be filled today. Friend, Jesus is the good shepherd. He's a true shepherd. He's not here to see what he can get out of you. He's here to put something inside of you. He's here to give you something, not to take something from you. But you have to freely and willingly entrust your life and trust your heart into his care. He's a good shepherd. This means this. It doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes anymore. But what it does mean is this, is that where you do make a mistake, the shepherd ain't there, he's not there to, to cut you or to give you a hard time. He's there to bring you back. Friend, it doesn't matter where or how far you've walked from God. Today could be the day where you entrust your life back into the care of a wonderful, true and good shepherd. Somebody who'll love you, somebody who'll be there with you, who believes in you, that loves you, that it's full of mercy and compassion. It's not angry. You could make that decision right now. Is there somebody here today? And today you want to enter in into a, a real relationship with God. You may be here and been even raised in the church. You may have heard about God being preached to you, may have even sung religious songs. But you don't actually have a relationship with Father God. Today, you could make a decision to ever a relationship. This is the true meaning of Christmas. If you're here today, you're going to make that decision inside of your heart right now. I'd love for you just to lift up your hand where you are. Is there people here today? You just lift up your hand. Make a decision. Make a decision in your heart. Let today be a day will you turn your heart towards the Lord? I know that there are people here right now. Why don't you make a decision in your heart? For those of you that have received the Lord, why don't you make a decision today to speak words of affirmation, to, to invest love, and to, to invest words, to invest time into to your family and to those that are around you. Don't forget the stranger. Look out for the one that's on the outside. For this is the meaning of Christmas that we're welcome people into our lives. I bless you today. Have a fantastic time. Look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Come on, you turn to somebody and bless them, love them.